I'm Brian Lowe, and this is the USA Rugby League Show. Leading things off on this show is the Rugby League World Cup America's Region Qualifiers, and we preview the series with USA Hawk Nick Newland. We also look at the kerfuffle over the Great Britain Lions Tour of the Southern Hemisphere in 2019. And we'll be right back with Nick after these brief messages. You've seen them online and in print, so you know they specialize in authentic rugby league merchandise. When you want your favorite team's jersey, whether it's club or country, order it directly from MassCourtBrowns.com. MassCourt Browns, proud partners of the USA Rugby League Show. If you need a better way to turn business leads into sales, choose Momencio. It's an event enablement tool for trade show exhibitors. Momencio is more than just lead capture. It gives customer engagement insights. For more information, go to Momencio.com. This is the USA Rugby League Show with your host, Brian Lowe. Well, joining us on the USA Rugby League Show, uh, my pleasure to bring back a guy who was on the very first show, Nick Newland. How are you? I'm doing well, Brian. Uh, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. And uh, I guess it's fair to say that we're all getting fairly excited about the upcoming Rugby League World Cup qualifying series, particularly you would be, as you're in the uh, the squad, the final squad announced by Coach Rutgerson not that long ago. And um, so tell me, first of all, let's let's just talk about that. Uh, how, how excited are you about uh, coming back to the series again? Yeah, look, I mean, as always, uh, it's always exciting to see your name on that list. Whether it was, uh, you know, the 30-man list that was first put on it, now down to the 20-man, 21-man uh, list, it's uh, it's always uh, the same kind of chills-up-your-spine moment every time you see your name on that list. And, you know, regardless uh, that I've been a part of most of the games for the past three seasons or so, still kind of the same feeling every time, and uh, really looking forward to getting down there Friday. It's kind of hard to believe it's upon us already the uh this year is flown by but yeah definitely excited yeah you're dead right about that i remember at the beginning of the year we first started talking about it and we didn't even know at that point that it was for sure going to be held this year but you're right uh, here we are in november and it's just about time for the for the uh, 2018 series and we're talking of course about qualification for the 2021 uh, world cup in england now this won't be your first rodeo nick you've been around as a matter of fact, you were uh, in that squad back in 2015 when the USA Hawks uh, won it and you beat uh, Canada and Jamaica that time around. So, And then you went on to uh, last year's World Cup in Australia and you guys also had a game in New Guinea. So I'm guessing it would be reasonable to assume that you've got a lot of experience now, a lot more than you had three years ago to, to fall back on. Yeah, definitely. I think I, I see myself as uh, one of the senior players now. Uh, you know, I know you just talked to Andrew nicely uh, a week or two ago, and he still certainly got me on some seniority. He's been around since uh, the 2011 uh, qualifiers, I believe that was, for the 2013 Cup. So, um, yeah, I think I consider myself one of the senior guys on the squad with uh, the probably handful of us, 10 of us or so, that uh, have been around for for three, four, five years playing on this team and doing everything we can, passing down as youngsters and Looking forward to getting some of the new guys in the squad uh, next weekend and seeing what they can uh, add to the Hawks. 
Yeah. Now let's talk about that. Um, as you say, uh, you're one of the. Well, gosh, I hadn't really thought of you as being a veteran, but I suppose you're you're, you're right about that in terms of at least uh, you know the, the track record of having been in the team for for a while now. How how do you guys? How how is the team? You, you may not even have had a chance yet to talk to everybody in the squad, but of those you have spoken to and, and the coaches and everybody else, what is the feeling within the squad? As a you know, as far as your, your prospects are concerned, yeah, I think we're confident with what we've got. Um, you know, based on the players we've got returning from both the 2015 qualifiers and then also the uh, the good amount of us that played together last year in the World Cup. So we've got that good core coming back together. Uh, a few players added from uh, you know heritage that uh, should add some firepower, which is exciting. Some youngsters. Um, and then, uh, you know, some of the guys from the USARL this year that made the squad is, is great to see. There was a lot of passion, uh, this year leading up to this, you know, going through all year with, with Rucho and, uh, and Brent, you know, they were very straightforward about how they were, they were going to pick the team. Uh, and then the North South qualifying game, both in, uh, Philly and Tampa, like you could definitely see the passion this year. Of the uh, you know thirty thirty five guys in each game that were laying it all on the line to try and get chosen for the squad, you, uh, you can definitely see and feel that uh, gaining momentum here at the USARL, uh, which is great. The more domestic players that are around and, and getting chances and showing what they can do, the better. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Nick. I think that's where the uh, I think that's where the future of uh, rugby league in this country lies. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about growing the game and, and bringing in internationals, and we've already had that this year and so on and so forth. But I think when it comes right down to it, it's guys like yourself, guys who play week in and week out during the domestic season that will continue to, to grow the game here. Now, Chile, that's who you got first up. As we've spoken about on this show many times with other folks, we don't know a lot about them, but as far as what you do know about them, what, what are you guys expecting in, in game one? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see once we get into camp uh, what Coach Rocho kind of uh, has us working on in preparation for them in particular. Uh, I would say the majority of us players don't know what to expect. I know, uh, you know, just following the Latin Heat and what they did in the Emerging Nations uh, World Cup over, you know, last month and, uh, you know, seeing what some of these uh, guys have done in that because I think a big chunk of the Chile roster is... uh, played in that which is you know great experience for them and from what i've read they've got uh, a very good domestic competition down there with uh you know as many if not more teams than we have here in the usa um so you know they're going to come in with some some good players some passion uh and my guess is uh they'll be big in the pack and that's where they'll try to win the game because um, that's usually the easiest for a little bit you know lack of experience is to try to go through the middle uh, but I think we are going to be trying to do the same thing. We've got a big pack this year uh, in the USA squad, and um, it'll be interesting to see. I think that's where where the game's going to be won, uh, kind of mass on mass there in the middle of the field. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think the Hawks have uh, proven over the last several years that uh, you, you do have a fairly good pack, and you do um, tend to, to dominate your opposition. And I'm I'm not talking about your necessarily your Fijis and uh, and uh, Italy's and stuff, but but you know other tier two nations that you've been playing. I think that's fair to say. So, uh, assuming you win that, and, and just 
between you and me. <laughs> I think the USA does win that that first game, which puts you in a, a position for the second doubleheader when you'll play either Jamaica or Canada. And the winner of that one, of course, qualifies automatically for the 2021 World Cup. So what are your thoughts on um, on the Jamaicans and the Canadians? Jamaicans have, uh, I mean, both teams, both countries have named pretty good packs, and particularly the Jamaicans uh, are bringing a lot of guys in from the UK. Yeah, I mean, just looking at it on paper, uh, Jamaica certainly has quite a strong squad. Uh, Canada's got a great squad, too. Uh, I know a few of those guys from the 15 qualifiers and playing them up through the past couple of years. But, you know, it looks like they're bringing in a couple new guys, especially the domestic players they have. Uh, and Jamaica's putting together quite an experienced squad that have played in, you know, over in the U.K. in the championship, a couple of Super League players. And from what I understand, they've been training together the past couple of weeks trying to get together. So, you know, again, in the 15 qualifiers, I think they brought in a strong squad as well. Uh, but it hurt them just not, you know, they didn't have a whole lot of cohesion. You can see they had a lot of great athletes. Uh, and they could bust the game wide open if they just played together a little bit better. So, you know, it sounds like if they're training together the past few weeks, they're going to come in prepared and ready to go. So... I think they're kind of the dark horse uh, here in the tournament that's going to put up a fight. But, look, you know, you can't look past Canada. You know, they're going to come in with a lot of passion uh, and ready to go as well. So I guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see. It's going to be a fun Tuesday, that doubleheader, to kind of, kind of see who sets themselves up for that Saturday night game. Yeah, indeed. And one final thing, Nick. Are you expecting the whole series to be competitive, I mean, across the board? I think it will be for the most part. Yeah, I certainly think so. Um, you know, not knowing what to expect from Chile can be quite tough. Uh, you know, I think that puts us on the back foot. You know, they're coming in, a new squad, they've got nothing to lose, and we've got a lot of pressure on us. You know, we were in the World Cup last year. Uh, I would say the world uh, expects us to win and, and get back to, you know, qualifying uh, this year instead of getting thrown into that round-robin tournament, which is uh, a lot of question marks next year if we finished uh, as a runner-up. So I think the pressure's on us. Uh, we got to come in and have a good camp. Hopefully the guys are fit and uh, see what Rucho has for us uh, leading, leading the way into Tuesday night. Uh, I would say we're all pretty excited. I know some of the Heritage guys are getting in town this week, and we'll uh, hit the ground running right away once we all get into Jacksonville. All right, Nick. Well, again, thank you for your time. Always a pleasure talking with you and I certainly wish you and, and all the guys on the uh, Hawks team all the very best of luck coming up in Jacksonville. Yeah, thanks so much, Brian. In the next segment, we'll be joined by U.S. rugby media personality Ray Veers to discuss next year's planned Great Britain tour of the Southern Hemisphere. So don't go away. USA Hawks merchandise is must-have. Hats, supporters' jerseys, polo shirts, and training shorts for men and women, all by Paladin, are available in the USA Rugby League store. Shop Paladin's USA Rugby League collection at usarl.org. Want more bang for your buck when advertising your business? You could advertise right here. Podcast advertising matches your business with the right listeners, and this could be your ad playing right now. For more info, visit usarl.org to be part of the USA Rugby League show. This is the USA Rugby League Show with your host, Brian Lowe. Well, other than the America's Region World Cup qualifiers, the other major topic of discussion going around the Rugby League global community recently and currently is the Australian Kangaroos Tour of England and the Great Britain 
lion's tour of uh, the Southern Hemisphere. So, with me to talk about all of that is my good mate, Ray Veers. How are you, bud? Good, mate. Good, mate. Just, uh, it's kind of quiet right now in the rugby league world, but, uh, of course, the scheduling and the, and the, and the politics of the game never ends. <laughs> oh, you are so right, my friend. The politics, that's what this thing is all about. Let, let's just um, frame it here for anybody who, for some reason or other, may not have been aware of what's been going on. So, the RLIF and a few others met in Singapore in July to map out an international calendar for the next few years or so. In that meeting, at that meeting, during that uh, proceeding, I suppose, it was determined that the Great Britain Lions, who haven't been around for quite some time now, in fact, about 2007, 2008, I, I believe it was, have been slated to tour Australasia, if you like, in 2019. Then the Australian Kangaroos are to go to the UK and have a tour there. Now, there was some consternation when all that uh, was, was announced because the Australians, for whatever reasons, don't really want to tour in 2020. They would prefer to go at the end of the 29 NRL season. Sorry, 2019 NRL season. However, that's not going to happen. They have to stick by this and, and all that. So, so Britain is going to go to, uh, they're going to play New Zealand, they're going to play Tonga, and they may or may not play Australia. That's still up in the air. And I think that's one of the uh, points of consternation. So, Ray, uh, let's start by getting your take on, on all of that. Do you think it matters whether Britain goes south in 2019 and Australia goes north in 2020 or vice versa? I don't think it really matters. Obviously, the uh, World Cup in 2021, which is going to be hosted in the UK, they sort of think that they can uh, host Australia 2020 big series, three test matches, you know, the whole nine yards, and build some momentum towards that World Cup. That's a, it's a nice thought, but in reality, is that really what's going to happen? So you've got the situation right now with the Lions, which is uh, very rare. It's been well over a decade since I think the Lions really have participated as a group. They're going down to the uh, Southern Hemisphere scheduled for next year. Now, that's not a bad time frame because that would allow some of the players from Scotland, Ireland, Wales to make that tour. They can actually experience that, bring that knowledge back to their national groups, and that might put them in good stead or a year and a half out before the World Cup. And if Australia does go over in 2020, then you could get in some uh, other alternative games other than just the three tests against uh, England you might be able to fit in some of the, those games against some of those other teams, and that would be beneficial for all. Yeah, well, funny you should say that, because the Australians uh, are talking about it would be in their, uh, well, it would be their preference, I should say, to on the tour of 2020 to play midweek matches against you know, the other teams, Scotland, Wales, and Ireland, all the Tier 2 teams, basically. And I guess... From what I've seen on social media and reports out of Britain and so forth recently, uh, there's a little bit of uh, uh, pushback on that because people are suggesting that, well, you know, 
that's not really promoting the game internationally uh, as best you can when you're having Australia play Scotland on a Wednesday rather than on a Saturday. Well, be that as it may, I I don't think you can have your cake and eat it too. I think you, you know, I, I do get what the Australians are saying, frankly. They're going to go to to the UK. They're going to play these three tests against the Lions, and that's pretty much what they should be playing or who they should be playing. Whether or not they play the Lions or whether they play England in three test matches, you know, and then play the other guys on, on midweek uh, uh, matches, I, I don't see a problem with that. Do you? Absolutely not. You know, I mean, social media is a wonderful thing. We love social media. But the fact of the matter is social media has a a very, very limited checkbook. And costs are, are just, they're pretty substantial to take it a six-week tour and play all Saturday tests when you can just add four or five extra blokes to the uh, to the touring squad and make sure everybody gets those midweek games. In, uh, in rugby union, that's the way it's been for forever. You always play your midweek games against the uh you know the queensland you know england would come out and play queensland and then they'd play the wallabies on saturday night that's standard operating procedure though nowadays it's getting rare because they want even shorter tours now so the financial aspect of it has to be paid attention to and i think everybody you know basically gets the best bang for their buck if they play those midweek games I agree with you, and I do think that playing those midweek games against the other countries is actually better than playing midweek games against oh I don't know, uh, you know a Cumbria select side or or play Wigan or Leeds or something on a way. I mean, who cares about that stuff really? Uh, when you have the Australians who are still the world number one as we talk about it, um, going to the UK playing a Test series against England. Um, that has got to be the, uh, the the priority, correct? I mean, the other games are, as much as, you know, some people might like to think that they're as, as important, they're not. And that's just the way it is. No, I agree with that. And uh, obviously the Test Series, I believe, should be against England because that they are they are the team that's going to compete in the World Cup and as well as Ireland, Scotland and Wales, should they qualify. So I, I think you have to recognize just the financial aspects of it. What are you trying to grow? The game internationally. Then you want to make sure those teams, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales, get a run against the, the world champions. And then, you know, then you can build that out looking forward to the uh, Rugby League World Cup the following year. It's To me, it's a no-brainer. But, of course, as we began this conversation politics is always very busy yeah and i used to think that politics was only uh uh you know the 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 dominant factor in rugby union but i've i've since realized that nah it 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 happens in rugby league too it happens in every sport on the face of the planet i can only imagine the the, the politics in chinese table tennis <laughs> exactly yeah look i mean i, I don't know uh, wayne bennett after the uh uh, the, the second test against New Zealand, he was uh, complaining that, uh, well, you know what, if if, if Britain goes to uh, the Southern Hemisphere in 2019 and we have to wait until 2020 for the, for the kangaroos to come, it's going to be two years before England gets to play Australia again. Well, you know what, Wayne, so bloody what? That's how it goes. 
Yeah, I mean, the International Federation has said, and apparently to some degree agreed to, a schedule. So, you know, unfortunately, Wayne, you're not going to get your run against the uh, Kangaroos anytime soon, but it's something to look forward to. And, uh, you know, you've got a pretty good squad over there. They're, they're building, and uh, obviously the bulk of that squad for next year's tour to the Southern Hemisphere will come out of England, and they will get a run down in the Southern Hemisphere. Well, you would think so. I mean, I think, uh, I agree again, I think England is, uh, you know, by far and away the number two team in the world. They've just proven that by beating the Kiwis in the Test Series. And, um, you know, I thought they did very, very well against the uh, the Kangaroos in the World Cup final last year. And I think there's, there's no question as to who's number one and who's number two. And um, for England to, you know, go up against number one uh, in 2020 rather than 2019, well, the well, that's just that's just the way it, you know. That's the way the cookie crumbles. And uh, in the meantime, you know, the Britain team is going to go down there and, and and play New Zealand and Tonga and everybody else. I I don't see a problem with that. I really don't. Now, there's really no downside. You know, we can all pick and choose our favorites, but uh, you know, you can't have an uh, an unlimited season. You can't play all these matches just when you want to or when it's convenient to your schedule. There's a lot of logistics involved in it. And as it stands right now, the international schedule, as was determined in uh, Singapore earlier in the summer, seems to make sense, and that really should be ratified and stuck to. Yeah, couldn't agree more. All right, buddy. Well, listen, uh, as always, thank you. Appreciate your time and your your, your observations, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again. Uh, It's always a pleasure, Brian. Take care and have a great one. And that's a wrap on this episode of the USA Rugby League Show. We sure trust you've enjoyed it. Thanks to our guests, our partners, and thank you for listening. Don't forget to stay tuned for our next podcast. And until then, stay well.